I'm Melissa Currents. And I'm Amy Yersted. And we welcome you to the fifth episode of the What Would Alice Paul Do podcast. This show is about demystifying what it means to be a volunteer with the League of Women Voters today. In this episode, we're going to be talking about fundraising, and we share an activist alert and book recommendation. So, Amy, you just got back from League of Women Voters Council. We, you remember a few years ago, I don't know, many moons ago, you and I participated in a council yes. um, as the Young People Task Force co-chairs, and uh, <laughs> that was fun. That was, we wore wigs, and we had tattoos, <laughs> and we had we our knitting going on at a <laughs> fake senior citizen home, and we were talking about engaging young people in the League and what not to do. And we were well contained in a skit. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we were on stage performing for our fellow league members. Yeah. And I was nervous as hell. It was <laughs> it was off the hook. I was so scared. <laughs> well, and then they were videotaping us. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh. That never has surfaced, that video. That's because we were really bad. <laughs> <laughs> But we were lovable. Yeah. I can say that. I think one of us had, yeah, we just had crazy hair. It was crazy. Um, crazy. So this council, uh, the 2017 council, was very different from all past councils. This year, we we wanted to do some deep reflection within the league and really think about how can we be more strategic in our organization. Things have changed a lot in the nonprofit world. It's changed a lot in our democracy and really – Really, this sounds dire, but I think it's absolutely the truth is that our democracy is under attack right now. And we we want to be on the front lines. We want to be fighting there and we have a good fight to, to, you know, to do it. It was about league members coming together to find out, you know, what we can do to grow the organization so that, you know, we can be the warriors for for our democracy and to protect voters and take, you know, make it so that people actually have representation when it comes to campaigns and, you know, money isn't completely suppressing uh, good thought and um, a lot of other things. So, so it was good. It was intense. It was exhausting. Since I had a national mm-hmm. board meeting on Wednesday, I didn't get to leave until Sunday. Oh my gosh. And uh, I actually lost four pounds, which is insane. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's I, the league diet. I know. Actually, I, I lost four pounds because the food was so dang good. I ate so many blackberries. You wouldn't even believe it because blackberries at the grocery store are expensive. And so when you go to the, I can't even remember what it's called, national... National yeah, Conference Center in Leesburg, right. Virginia. They have these big trays of berries, and so it's like you just, you know, yeah. <laughs> they had? Do they have food. an ice cream machine there? I they think did, and it was that. low fat, so it's not like full fat. <laughs> so between the blackberries and the low fat soft serve, I was like, this is awesome. And yeah, I came back. I lost four pounds. I was like, I'll go back. The blackberry <laughs> Give me a few days diet to take a break, but yeah, I'll go back. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, so. sounds like it was um, intense but inspiring. It was. It was. It. it oh, I mean, our leaders are just incredible. They're so passionate. They're so committed. And uh, this episode on this podcast is like coming in the perfect timing because we had a couple of times we had workshops, and those two of the workshops were about fundraising in the league, and it's it was very very popular, and it was. People, you know, had we ran out of chairs, people had to grab up more chairs. And so people are excited to raise funds for the league because we do have a lot of work to do and you need money to do some of that work. A lot of visibility things and projects um, 
you know, printing paper for doing voter guides and whatnot. All of that takes money. And so people want to learn how to raise some money. So we want to talk about raising dough in the league. So we're going to get started here in a second. I want to point out for anyone who's new to League of Women Voters that council runs um, every other year to Mm -hmm. convention. So council is when um, there's representatives from the state leagues that come together and talk about you know, they can do training, they can do work like Amy was talking about to um, get ready for the next, you know, life of the league. And um, is there anything else about council? Yeah, I guess if, so, since this is like a league, league lingo moment, mm-hmm. the thing that council used to be was about approving the budget. And and so every other year, so the even years is about doing your slate. And it used to be the odd years was about the budget. But Back in the history, they changed it. And so the budget and the slate, and the slate means voting in your officers and doing bylaw changes, they changed all of that. So now it's at convention. So every even year is when we have our convention. So the next convention is in Chicago, Illinois, and that's in 2018. And I I think it's like the last day of June and the first day of July. Um, And so, uh, but yeah, this council is about the state presidents and VPs coming together with the state, coming together with national board and staff to do strategic thinking and to, you know, make sure we're all on the same page and compare notes, share stories, um, you know, talk about moving forward and in league and defending our voters. We're going to get started with our Deeds Not Words segment, and as we mentioned, we're going to talk about fundraising. So today in this episode, we're going to kind of lay the groundwork to talk about fundraising in general, and then the next episode, we're going to get into the the tactics about how to make it rain for the league. (laughs) And um, so I'm going to start us off, and I'm going to talk about um, the Giving USA data. And if you um, don't know about Giving USA, it's a report that comes out every year and talks about philanthropy in America. And um, this new report just came out a couple weeks ago, and we'll have a link to it in our show notes. But I just want to kind of let everybody know the percentages of how fundraising happens in the United States. So a lot of people are surprised by this, but um, in, well, in this past year, in 2016, about $400 billion was giving, given through charity last year. Wow. Of, Right. So that's a lot of money. Yeah. So um, so 400 billion um, um, was given last year. So if you think about the the pie of that, 72 percent was given by individuals. So that's the you and me and and all of our um, people that we know. Most of the giving um, in America is given by individuals. And then the next biggest slice is foundations. And they give about 15% of that $400 billion. And then if you go farther down the list, giving by bequest is 8%. And that comes out to about $30 billion. And so that is your planned giving, something in your estate. Once you pass away, then it can, it can be distributed. And then about 5% is given by corporations. So when you are putting together your fundraising plan, I know I've been in a lot of meetings, not just for the league, but um, in nonprofits in general, where they'll think, oh, well, we got to go to the foundations and the corporations, when in fact, most giving happens by individuals. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're going to talk mostly about um, in these two episodes coming up. 
I'm going to talk a little bit about the fundraising pyramid, and we're going to talk about the steps of the the pyramid, and then we'll also have a link on it. Um, we'll also have a link on our website to kind of so you can see the visual of what the fundraising pyramid looks like. So if you think about the widest um, bar of the pyramid, like the the foundation. That is the person who gives occasionally. You know, they might give once every couple years when they think about you or someone asks them. They might be um, your neighbor that you ask to give to your kid's school and they give the one time. And then if you go up the pyramid, there's your annual gifts. And those folks are the people who, when you send them an appeal letter, they always reply back. Um, we tend to count on them in our budgets because they tend to give year after year. So if you go up the ladder, there's major gifts, and, and then up from that is plan gifts. So the, um, the farther you go up the pyramid to the, to the top, the less people are gonna, gonna be at the, the top. So the idea is that you move people along. So if you have someone who gives occasionally, you wanna move them into an annual gift, and then you wanna think about a major gift. So um, in my league specifically, we um, categorize major gifts as someone who gives $1,000 or more. It really depends on your specific organization. So whatever works for your league is going to be different than my league or Amy's league. Mm -hmm. And then plan gifts, that's kind of the apex of the fundraising pyramid. And that's when you put something in your, your will. Or I'm, um, I have a plan gift for my local league through my life insurance policy, for example. For Do you example. really? Ideal. Oh yes. my gosh. Just to think yeah. about life insurance makes you sound old. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not I even am. old. That's crazy. I guess that means you're just a really good planner. <laughs> that's right. You got any you got love a, league. <laughs> ideal. So that's really why I, I did it. And then in my local league, we have a planned gift society. Oh, wow. And so um, we're trying to encourage more folks to, um, to think about your local league or your state league or even national league. Put them um, in your will. I have it where, you know, like a percentage of my life insurance policy will go to, you know, several organizations. Then you know that you are taking care of the mission of the league after you've passed away. Wow. So, I should probably um, think about that. Although I guess I should probably get life insurance first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, but, uh, I mean, it's my cool, insurance but... company always complains at me like, you know, you could get hit by a car. You really need to get life insurance. And now I should probably change that conversation. You're right. I should give life insurance. Right. And then I'll give it to the League of Women Voters. Right. You'll make such a, a big gift. I know. Right. You know? <laughs> right. But um, hopefully that'll be many years from now. Yeah, that just freaks me out thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Don't think about it too hard. Okay. I, I don't think about it. But um, okay. but that's just in a real, like, really quick way to think about fundraising is yeah. that pyramid. And um, so, yeah. So if you want to find out more, there's tons of information online about the fundraising pyramid. You know, I have to say, though, when you think about the pyramid, like when I first got started in the league, I, you know, I was... Um, I think I was right in college. And so I wasn't giving very much money, if any, at the time and just did my, it was more like an in-kind, like I'd stand at voter registration tables. But as the more time I've been in the league, the more I've given money. And I, I can really see myself personally on this, this ladder that you're talking about. And so that's really, yeah, it's, it's even a, you know, personal give, you know, just here, there, once a year, every other year, mm -hmm. and then a little more. So I wonder if all people can kind of really relate to that ladder. Research has shown that those who volunteer more to a cause tend to give more. 
So I have heard this among local members that will say, well, I give my time, so that's what I give to the league. I don't want to give necessarily give more dollars. Yeah. And it's really important uh, if you care about a mission of an organization, not just the League of Women Voters, but any charitable cause that you care about. If you give time, um, you should also think about giving money too to support it. Uh, I'll probably rel- go back to council several times in today's episode. But um, one of the people I was speaking with at council, I won't name any names or positions or anything, but she, you know, she works tirelessly in the league, which means that she can't go help with the oceans, which is really where her love is at. I mean, which another love of her, she loves league, but another love. And uh, so she, you know, donates generously to organizations that help heal uh, the oceans. So I thought that was that was yeah, I was like, absolutely. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, um, all of us have multiple causes we care mm-hmm. about. It's just yeah. um, trying to figure out, making sure that we take care of them. You know, yeah. we want we want the cause that we care about to be to make a difference. Yeah, so. and really, we can't be in all places at once. So some right. some dollars over here is yeah. going to help out because since you can't <laughs> money be standing, talks. That's right. You know, and that's <laughs> actually that's really a thing though. I mean, it was something that we again we talked about council is that since the Supreme Court said that corporations are people, money. Money is a form of voting nowadays. Um, You vote with your dollars. So when you are giving to an organization, you are voting with your dollars, you know. So, yeah, similarly when you give to campaigns. (laughs) So true. It's the First Amendment now. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of scary. It's super scary. (laughs) Join the league, people. Help us in this. (laughs) We need you. Send us money. I guess the other thing we need to talk about is it's like kind of like the elephant in the room which is women and money we i think women have a history with money it's like i remember when i was a kid and my mom used to you go on a date and she'd always give me like 20 bucks and i'd be like what's the 20 bucks for mom and she's like this is mad money so whenever something happens in your date you'll have an escape route um Hmm. and similarly i think i think women uh women they, I don't know. We have this just weird relationship where we either feel guilty for spending money on ourselves or f- spending money on causes, which I think is why sometimes we're way more willing to volunteer our time than to give our money because we don't want to give money away from our family and put it into another pot. We feel guilty taking that resource away from our family when really we're just investing in something that is going to help our family. Uh, It just, we don't, you know, we might not see the payoff right away. Like, you know, buying peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, (laughs) especially after this past weekend, really listening to other people having that fear of asking. So like for major gifts or, or even an appeals letter, they feel awkward asking one another for money. They feel awkward weird asking their neighbors you know or other people in the community to support the league of women voters but i have to say i I, you know after reading some books and and being in the league and so devoted to helping our democracy especially especially right now um i personally have like totally changed and i'm like willing to ask anybody off the street (laughs) for some money (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's um it's just so critical right now and so i think that this is i think there are we could talk about women and money and the the guilt of money. I mean, I, I bet that could be a whole podcast um, devoted just to that. Um, right. But I think it's good to acknowledge that all of us feel this way. I think it's like the something that we've been socialized and internalized that, you know, we're not supposed to ask people for money and we're not supposed to talk about money. You know, you don't talk right. about how much you make. You don't talk about how you spend your money. Um, people get kind of, they just feel very uncomfortable with it. But really money isn't, it's not dirty and it's not bad. It's, 
you know, it's, it's, and we're investing in something. It's just something that flows through us so that we can help others. And, uh, I I like to think of the league is we're, (laughs) you're not only investing in us, but we're also helping. We're like, we're like investment planners. <laughs> right. So we're just helping you invest your money better. <laughs> right. If you, right. Cause you will get a return on your investment with That's the right. league. Yep. And sometimes if you do the 501c3, it's a, it's, um, tax deductible. (laughs) That's right. Well, and and when I um, first started, so I work for a community foundation and I've worked with nonprofits. So the idea of fundraising really scared me because, you know, just like you're saying, Amy, it's really hard to ask people for money. Mm -hmm. But I I really like that there are some proven strategies to help fundraise. So you're not just on your own without a net. There Mm -hmm. are uh, tips and tricks that we will share with um, with the listeners in the next episode. But um, there, as my colleague at work likes to say, fundraising is an art and a science. It's something to remember. Uh, there there are tools for you to uh, tap into when yeah. you're doing fundraising. So it doesn't it doesn't have to be a scary. I think that's really what it comes down to is that once you have the plan, it, it the ask asking someone for the money just becomes you know, one more step in the plan. So you don't notice it as much. And really when you, I think this is a big one. When you yourself have invested, it doesn't feel as guilty asking other people to invest. That's Uh, so true. I I agree with that. Yeah. Once I, once I, you know, truly invested, um, and let go, (laughs) let go of my miser ways, (laughs) (laughs) it was, it's a lot easier for me to ask because I don't have any guilt anymore. And, uh, it's actually, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's um it's a relief actually <laughs> and that's so. I mean that's one of the reasons why I um, did a planned gift because if I'm gonna ask others to do one you know yeah. they got to know that I'm just as committed for sure especially when you tell them like I'm doing this so right. jump on my bandwagon yeah and I don't I mean I'm um you know I'm just uh, mid-career like I don't I'm not bringing in the bank Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that if I have a planned gift, um, that I can really make a big difference in m- the causes I care about when I yeah. pass away, way in the future. Yeah, <laughs> like way in the future. <laughs> yeah, super way. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm I'm just still so impressed that you're thinking that long. <laughs> well, and another thing I want to mention too is. Um, board giving when your board gives to your organization uh, it just tells the community that your board and your leadership believes in the cause so if you are serving on a league of women voters board i really encourage you to donate what you can so in my local league we have um, 100 percent board participation in in donating to our league and it really helps when we're doing grants and we're talking to funders and um, we're asking um, our other members and supporters to join in and support our cause that we can tell them our leadership is so committed to this cause they are also giving their money so think about that too yeah so Melissa I have to ask though um, for all of those that are afraid to ask or to bring this up at their board like how does that discussion get started and how do Mm -hmm. you how do you start that discussion when you apply to be on a board. And so the nominating committee is going through, you know, the different applications and whatnot. And, you know, I know that when I was on, um, when I had applied for the national board, the nominating committee had done a presentation for everybody at the past counselor convention or, you know, whenever I had seen them. And they, you know, they did tell everybody that, you know, it is an expectation that you give to the board, 
Right. Um, I'm, you mean you give to the league as a board member. Um, mm-hmm. So that's how the National Nominating Committee does it. They just openly talk about it. How do how has your local board done it since you guys have 100% participation? Right. So we... Um, we talk about it in the beginning of the first, you know, like the first board meeting or pretty soon in the first board meeting. It's a really great topic to bring up at your board retreat if you plan to have one at your local league. What we say is there is not a level that we say you have to give. Mm-hmm. It's whatever is meaningful to you. And so, um, you know, the gifts vary widely. But I think that's appropriate for a local league Um and I found this um, with the state league as well, that it's what you can give, but um, you know, it's, it's up to that individual. And I'd also, I'd encourage you if someone asks you to join a board that you ask that question, what are the expectations for board gifts? Because some boards, uh, nonprofit boards are going to have different expectations than others. From my local league, we're pretty grassroots. So we want people who have, um, many different income levels to be on our board and we don't want some sort of like uh, specific number to um, scare them off so mm-hmm. we don't provide a specific number and i would encourage you if your board if you want it to be more of a grassroots board that you don't do that but five dollars might mean a lot to someone who you know doesn't have a lot but that five dollars maybe that's all they can give and that is perfectly fine mm-hmm. yep so it really comes back to whatever's meaningful to you right and um and then you know as uh if you do apply for your if you apply for the board local state or national just know that part of being on a board is that there is an expectation that you demonstrate your commitment to the organization and that you know you will you you should be willing to give some money how whatever meaning whatever meaningful is to you is what you should give and that that money that you're providing to your organization demonstrates to funders and others that your board is, you know, all in. And so that's why they should be all in as well. When you were talking about the Giving in America report um, Mm -hmm. and that how corporations and grant foundations, uh, foundations. foundations. Kim had said this great thing about how it's, how oftentimes it's easy, easier for us to go and ask businesses and foundations because it's more transactional when Mm -hmm. really it's not the best way to use our time. You know, we really yeah. need to go to the people, individuals, and ask because right. it's a lot more fruitful. But Right. There's not a face to a corporation. You can yeah. just, like, fill in the form and then, you know, the magic fairy dust of fundraising will just, you know, <laughs> sprinkle on you and you don't have to do anything. Yeah. And it's really, I mean, fundraising, and we can get more into this, it's really about that relationship. And when you are asking someone to give to your organization, you are asking them to make a like you are giving you're inviting them the opportunity to make a difference with your mission and your organization so the the ask is really you're you're giving them an opportunity to yep. make a difference that's exactly exactly right mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and i really from what i've learned after council and just past experience in league and and other places that Fundraising is not scary and it's not hard because what it really comes down to is deep relationships. It is about learning about people, learning about what their passions are, and then showing them that there is a place that they can invest um, and really meet, you know, help their money really dive deep and make a difference. And I just want to mention uh, quickly, and I'll put a link um, 
on our in our show notes. But if you haven't checked out the Association of Fundraising Professionals, so that's a, um, a professional group if you're interested in getting um, more information about fundraising. But the thing I want to really point out is the Donor Bill of Rights. It's something that the Association of Fundraising Professionals put together. And if you're starting to do fundraising, you want to maybe check out the Donor Donor Bill of Rights and make sure that you are um, you know, adhering to what um, donors need when they give to your organization. So we'll put a link on our site and check that out. National League of Women Voters has a, um, um, they have a couple options for giving. And if you haven't, um, if you're not serving on a board right now um, with the with the league, I, I would encourage you to give a gift to National League or State League or your local league. Mm-hmm. And um, at National League, they have a program, a monthly giving program that I also participate in called Partners in Democracy. And you can sign up and like every month, you know, my gift hits my credit card and I know that the National League is getting what they need to, um, you know, to defend our democracy, um, especially in Washington right now. And yeah, so it's a great program. Yeah. I also invest in that one as well because it's nice because it's just small chunks, you know, over the course of the year and it's not something big and um, you never even notice it. And it can be as, you know, as small as like what would normally cost like for a cup of coffee and then times that by 12 and now you've got a, you know, a decent chunk of change. And, um, you know, local leagues and state leagues can do the same thing. They could probably set up a program that's similar to LWVUS's Partners of Democracy. Yeah. And of course, we'll put a link on (laughs) so that you can invest if you'd like. (laughs) That's right. We're doing a lot of fundraising, Amy. I know. We should almost make this an official LWV podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Making it rain. I know, right? Yeah. With this fundraising talk and talking about you know giving people an avenue to meet their passions with their money with this great book that someone on the national staff had recommended to the board and I I didn't think I would like it but I actually do I'm not usually into the fuzzy um, holistic type of books this one's called the soul of money reclaiming the wealth of our inner resources and it was written in 2006 by Lynn Twist and uh, it is good. It actually, it and it's, I like it. It was broken up into like stories. And this is woman, she's a professional fundraiser, but she doesn't, she doesn't talk like she's all better than that, like better than people. And I, I thought that was refreshing because I figured a professional fundraiser, she might be like, I make, you know, I can bring in the dough. But she's, right. she wasn't like that. She like was real and she talked to real people, you know, made her feel very humble throughout her career. And it really talked about how, everybody no matter if you you know you you live on a dollar a day or you've got you know big pockets everybody wants to feel like they are making a difference and you know little little contributions can make a big impact and big contributions can also make a big impact and it makes everyone feel good when they know that they're helping someone else or helping some cause And so that's basically this book was talking about how money's not dirty and that it's just a tool that flows through us. And they actually use water as the analogy and water flows through us. Similarly, like money flows through us and it's just a vehicle uh, to meet our passions. And so, um, so if you get a chance over the summer, 
break um, and you're sitting at the beach, I recommend The Soul of Money, Reclaiming the Wealth of Our Inner um, Inner Resources. And it's by Lynn Twist. So we'll put the link on mm-hmm. our website so you can check it out. If you do read this book, let us know. You can email us at alicepaulpodcast mm-hmm. at gmail.com or you can visit our website at alicepaulpodcast. Let us know what you think. Yep. And if you have some recommendations that have to do fundraising, we would love to hear them. Oh, yes. Uh, that would be yes. awesome because we can always uh, fine tune our skills as well and, and we can share it out to everybody else. Right. And you know, Amy, maybe we can even think about um, fundraising tips in other episodes as we keep going. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, since fundraising is such a big project for um, for us, you know, yeah. for leagues around the country. So yeah, and I mean, it has to be an ongoing thing. It's you know, voter service is incredibly important. Doing activism and advocacy is is equally important. And then in order for those two projects to happen, you have to have money to fund them. And right. so uh, it's it's um it's really an, the leg like it's like a three leg stool and it has to be there all the time. So this peeing in your boots activism uh, activist alert is we're we're taking you back. Uh, we had an episode four. It was the healthcare act um, that is in working in the Senate right now. We need we still need your help. This thing isn't going away. They just released the document, um, and it was about 130 plus pages, which is it's is a lot. It's a doozy, and it it's everything from like curbing Medicaid to if you have pre existing conditions. So I have a pre existing condition. It's called I had kids, and so now I wouldn't be able to get very good coverage, or it'd be crazy expensive. Um, I mean, it's it's really bad, and so. Uh, we really, I mean, I have a couple of numbers here. I say 14 million Americans will have their coverage cut next year and then 20% increase in healthcare premium. So like as if people's premiums weren't bad enough, they're about to get worse if this goes through. And then uh, $700 million will go directly to the big wealthy corporations. It's like, what the heck? Why couldn't they just reinvest it back into, into the people? But, I, you know, I don't know what they're thinking. So... So if you go to lwv.org, you'll see the action alert on there. Um, and so we really need people to to call, to email, to tweet, to Facebook message if you have your people there. Mm-hmm. Um, we can call the Capitol switchboard. Um, here's that number. And actually, I really recommend that you put that into your cell phone and save it. Because then you can call like every day and it's like super easy. It takes like one minute. It's 202-224-3121. Again, it's 202-224-3121. So when I was at council, our um, our uh, advocacy person, she had told us that when they were talking about repealing the Affordable Care Act, that everybody did such a great job calling that it actually shut down the switchboard. Wow. Like. How awesome is that? Here's the thing, though. We're not, no one's shutting down any switchboards anymore. Like, something's happening, and we need to, like, jump back in there and get fired up again so that we can shut it down because um, this is too important. If this passes, we're we're all in up creek. So, right. And guess what? All that extra money that we want to be raining on the League of Women Voters and other <laughs> causes will be going into health care. So, right. pharmaceutical companies and insurance companies and everybody else mm-hmm. will be taking all our monies. So, we don't right. want that to happen. No. So, make a call. I, t- I promise you, it'll take two minutes. You can call both of your U.S. senators. And uh, if, if your U.S. senators are totally saying, like, oh, we don't support this, then say thanks. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks for helping America. 
But right. if they um, if they want this to go through, call, 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 call twice a day. We have a couple people who uh, I think is in Wisconsin and some other places. Yeah, you might want to call twice a day. <laughs> right. Really. So that's your. We gotta get. We gotta be heard on this one. Yeah, this is a big one. So hopefully next time, our next episode, we'll have some good news and have you, you know, something. <laughs> we'll have an activist right. salute that doesn't <laughs> require so much peeing, <laughs> but this this one's a lot. So. Right. Let's uh let's wrap this up. Let's do a little debrief on what we talked about today. Yeah. So just remember that individuals give the most, you want to build your list so you can move people up the fundraising pyramid. They might just uh, come to know you. They like your Facebook page or they follow your Twitter page. But if you start sharing why investing in the League of Women Voters is important, maybe they will start giving an annual gift and then they can move up that pyramid. Maybe you'll, they'll become a plan giver. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we got to keep asking to move people up the pyramid and make um, sure you make those relationships. I mean, if we send this home by saying the people right. who you're meeting on Facebook and Twitter, like keep them engaged, talk to them. You know, this is a two way street when it comes to the communication. And so really make those relationships because that is how, you know, people are going to one, they're going to know that you're human and you're not like just sending them spam. And two, they're going to they're going to know that this is for real. They need you know, you need them. We just want to keep in mind that those who volunteer more tend to give more to the causes. So Mm -hmm. your volunteers are your most likely donors. And then lastly, don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to ask. Actually, people are offended oftentimes when you are not asked. So that's true. um, true. If uh, you know, if I care about something and then someone didn't ask me if I could contribute, I I totally would be offended. So Uh, especially when I got I got money burning a hole in my pocket, right. <laughs> which well, I don't right now, but you never know. <laughs> well, and that's the th- uh, thing that we didn't mention before, but don't assume you know what someone can give and you don't know what the capacity of someone is. So don't uh, limit yourself when you're giving an ask because they might be able to give a lot more than you think that they can. Yep. Invest in yourself. Invest in your cause. We want you to do something great today. Donate to your league, the state the local, the national level. Tell your friends why you love the league and ask them to give too. And uh, if you're coming onto a board at any level of league or if even in any other organization, uh, talk about the philanthropy culture. You know, Ask about the expectations and how much and, and how important and how committed you all are to the health and sustainability of your organization. And, and that all starts with voting with your dollars. So yes. be a lo- league superstar and, you know, start a start a fundraising campaign today if you haven't shared a review on itunes we'd really love for you to do that it really help us out this is melissa currents and this is amy yerson we ask what would alice paul do but it's more important what you're gonna do we'll see you next time